When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Jeff Drake from the Joneses, and you're listening to the Pantheon Podcast Network. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Simplecast, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, this is going to be a pretty fun episode. Uh, it's episode 165. I'm calling it Self-Titled. It's all about um, self-titled albums and uh, albums that are sort of self-titled. It's, uh, it's, we're we're going to look at, at, at this uh, from a number of different ways. I want to thank uh, Derek Tolmey for uh, for uh, a few examples here, Mick Phelan as well, um, but but actually Peter Kerr. So so we we started off. Um, I was having a discussion with Peter Kerr. Uh, first, I admonished him for spelling "exile" on Main Street uh, wrong on his latest uh, latest show, and he went and fixed that. And then we started talking about, uh, you know, how do you spell Black Sabbath Vol Four? And uh, you know, I mentioned "never say die." I'm always having problems with uh, "never say die." Should should you put the exclamation mark? Should you not kind of thing and then uh what uh, oh yeah so I, I brought up this idea for him i i don't know i don't know what made me think of this but uh yeah just just this idea of uh, of always stopping when you're typing and having that debate how do you how do you write this album cover out so i posed the question to him um have the beatles or metallica earned the rights respectively um to have white album uh, with caps, so so upper lower case, white album or or Metallica with black album caps. And what do you call them? Do you call the first one the Beatles? Do you call the second one Metallica? Do you call them self-titled? Um, do you call them white album with an upper lower case, or do you call them white album with lower case? Blah blah blah. So yeah, we were just talking back and forth on Messenger, and then I posed the 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 question on Facebook, and it just got me um, got me kind of. Um, thinking about this whole idea of self-titled self-titled albums why why they are done um you know the various ways they're done what we end up calling them when they're self-titled uh, when it's the debut album when it's uh, when it comes later what that means sort of thing and uh yeah there were some kind of interesting concepts around it so um Hopefully we'll touch down on all of those. This might be a little chaotic, but let's see how it goes. Um, let's just start with our first selection. This is Metallica with Of Wolf and Man. Yeah. 
All right, so this is the one that started off the whole thing, of course. And again, um, you know, essentially, um, you know, people say the Beatles did everything uh, first kind of thing. Um, and this idea of having um, a self-titled album. Well, you actually, you know, most of the time, if you think about it, when you go back then, you know, albums did have titles and, and often they had, you know, 20 sensational hits and all that in the old days or whatever. But the Beatles have this self-titled album. And, uh, you know, rumor has it that the idea of having this uh, this album was essentially being a blank slate. And if you recall, the, the White Album was, was a gatefold album. It's a double album. It had the Beatles embossed on it, and they were numbered. Um, but yeah, it was blind embossing of just the words the Beatles on it. Uh, but but part of the whole idea was that Sgt. Pepper was, was so colorful and so full of, um, you know, of all these personalities on the cover it was very busy and the music was very kind of action-packed and busy that the whole idea was like let's clean the palette let's clean the slate and and we'll and we'll have this uh this this new album and it's just called the beatles but then it soon soon became you know to be called the white album and uh you know when i when i brought up this debate on facebook which was literally this morning you know ev everybody said yeah they've earned the earned the you know when everybody says the white album they know what it is uh but with metallica it's like yeah same sort of thing everybody knows what it is like this metallica album that we just played this from was a massive 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 album uh it went diamond so so why are they doing this this is this is let's let's start in sort of on, on the interesting side of this psychologically speaking so there, there's a feeling with the Black Album that um, that it is a a uh, a bit of a a a reconstituting of what we are. We're going back to the roots. Um, we're going back to basics on this record. You know, so, some people on on the Facebook thing brought up a little bit the idea of um, yes, the Beatles album being a clean slate, but it's not that the music on it is particularly bright or white or transparent or anything like that. But with the Black Album, there's possibly that idea a little bit that the music on it is uh, is kind of blacker, doomier, slower. Uh, it's, it's certainly obviously slower, but it is doomier. It is it is more Black Sabbath-like. Um, but, you know, the, the idea of the Black Album really just comes from the album cover. Um, you know, it's got that little snake thing on it, but it, but it's it's essentially black. Um, you know, previously we had ACDC back in black and we had the Spinal Tap album. But, you know, the album is not called the Black Album. It's just called Metallica. So so we've got this album that comes to be known as the Black Album, but, but the black also uh, does sort of describe the music directly opposite to Back in Black. Um, that's, an, that's an interesting story there, where that album with the Black Album cover just seems like one of the happiest, most party albums you can imagine. But when you put this Black Album cover on it, it really kind of affects what you think of the music on it. So yeah, there's the Black Album. And you know what? I'm calling this first sort of, uh, this, this first example uh, as a representative of this idea of color. So, you know, we also have The Damned had the Black Album. Um, but you know, it, it was called the black album. Uh, so it's not a self-titled, um, and it wasn't even particularly black. They just called it that, uh, Prince had the black album, that rare, that, that rare thing that he, I, I can't remember the exact story, but you know, speaking of rarity, Cheap Trick has the black album. So they had this, this double promo album called the black album. And, uh, and that's kind of a neat a neat thing calling it that because Cheap Trick was known as sort of an updated 70s version of the Beatles. So here they were directly uh, commenting on that. And this was kind of funny. Um, somebody brought up on the Facebook thing. Um, who, who was it again? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of 
Oh boy, yeah, I, I I can't remember who the who the artist was on this. Was it Moby? Anyways, um, yeah, I don't have it in my notes here. Um, thought I did. Oh yeah, no, it's Danger Mouse. That's right. So so here it is. Da- Danger Mouse did the Gray album, and what he did is he he took um the vocals from Jay Z's the Black album and and really cut up it's really hard to listen to and and you don't really hear the music that well but it's the music from the white album with Jay Z's vocals from the black album that's much clearer and he and he's mashed the two together and he's called it the gray album so i thought that was pretty cool um but other other color color albums well so, okay so spinal tap was was not called the black album it's called smell the glove but it was you know totally black and that was kind of an interesting thing about it um you know going a little bit down this color thing as well um king crimson had an album called red which wasn't particularly red it had a little bit of red on it a black and white photo but they had they had albums um that i call the red blue and yellow album of uh yeah uh, period of of those albums from the early 80s which i really like so that was like discipline beat and three of a perfect pair uh white snake uh, somebody brought up on the facebook um that white snake had the purple album but of course that was because it was a, an album of uh, of deep purple uh covers um and weezer fits into this a little bit as well on both the colors and the self-titled i i saw this sort of treatise of the of the weezer thing i'll, I'll sort of paraphrase here but uh let's see weezer is a unique example of their 13 album discography six are self-titled distinguished largely by the color of the cover clearly marking when the band is making a deliberate choice not to name their albums their debut self-titled by the way these are concepts we're going to go on into on our our, our following uh, ones here uh, their debut self-titled blue started the trend almost accidentally after commercial disappointing sophomore album their second uh, self-titled green was a triumphant re- return to form the third self-titled red is widely believed to be because the band members couldn't select an album name and on and on so uh so it's kind of interesting uh here's another band with self-titled albums because you know what can you do when you have a self-titled album all of us rock writer guys have to grapple with a way to, you know something to call these albums and and that's where these nicknames comes up and obviously with weezer with beatles and with metallica it was uh, it was essentially because of the color of the album someone else brought up brownsville station's uh red album um and they have they have a later one called brownsville um, that's right. So they have they have the earlier self-titled, you know, Red, and um, Grand Funk has this too, don't they? Hang on, they got the Red album, anyways. Um, so so yeah, there there's a, there's a mix of uh, of this idea that started the whole thing off, uh, leading uh, into a a, um, a sort of a treatise on colors. Let me see if I had any other notes of these. Oh yeah, so this was kind of a, a funny thing when it, when I made up this. Um, when I made this post for Facebook to, to, you know, to debate this white album, black album thing, I used uh, for a graphic, I put the Stranglers black and white uh, album cover up there. So they, so they have an album. And interestingly enough, that actually doesn't have any text on the cover either. Uh, but it's just a picture of the guys dressed in black on a white background it's called black and white hence the uh hence the debate about this but yeah my my um yeah just to to put a final note on this so why i why i came up with that question is that i often as i'm writing any of these books or whatever that i'm doing or an article i i kind of stop and hesitate every single time and think what am i going to call that metallica album what am i going to call that beatles album does anybody actually put put a capital w 
and an A on White Album. You, you, you definitely shouldn't, I don't think. I, I think it's pretty clear that you shouldn't. But if you just put the Beatles' White Album, it looks like you're just kind of describing it. Uh, you could put White Album in quote marks, uh, but it's almost easier to say... Well, okay, so here's the other funny thing. It doesn't feel right to say the Beatles self-titled, and yet it does feel right to say Metallica's self-titled. So that one, you kind of really know what you're talking about. But when you're talking about the White Album, it's almost like you really want to call it the White Album more. And of course, uh, along with not putting caps on the W and the A, you, you can't really italicize them. Because I, you know, the, the general standard out there, which I fought against in some of my early books and came up with my own thing, which is kind of stupid. But now I, I go with the standard. So I put songs in quote marks, double quote marks, and album titles are italicized. So you really shouldn't ever you know, italicize White Album or Black Album because that's not officially what they're called, right? Uh, okay, that's enough on that one. Uh, take a listen to our second selection here. This is Iron Maiden with Prowler. Okay, so now we're into self-titled albums in the most obvious sense, uh, when your album is your debut album. Um, but it's interesting even thinking about this a little bit. Um, I find, uh, you know, s certainly uh, the idea with the debut album, like why why is the debut album a self-titled uh, album? Um, so it's sort of a standard. It 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 is, you know, call making an album a self-titled is an actual marker, and this is actually the biggest marker of the use of the uh, the the idea of self-titled is saying that it is your first album. Um, and so, what does that mean exactly? Well, it's an introduction to the band. It's maybe we don't want to confuse you and make you think it's a later album. We don't want to confuse you with you've never met this band before, so we don't want to give you an album title as well. Um, so it's like, here's the band name, keep it simple. Here's these four new long-haired guys you've never heard of before, and there you go. Um, I also feel, um, you know, I, I made a, just a quick little list of, you know, some of the big bands we all know, um, but, but really, many, many, many... Um, See, this is the other thing, this is the other question I asked, is I wonder if there's a stat anywhere out there. I, I, I didn't even look. I mean, I, maybe maybe it's out there, but I wonder how many debut albums are self-titled albums. What do you guys think? I'm almost thinking it's in the region of 50 to 60 percent is, is what I would almost think on that. But, you know, you think of uh, The Clash, right? So so punk, simplicity, you just, you just come out with that. But then having said that... Um, You've got the Sex Pistols with Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. Damned is an interesting one. Is it a self-titled album? Because the album is, the band name is The Damned, and the album is called Damned, Damned, Damned. So that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, Aerosmith, Rush, those are kind of like normal ones, you know, going along what I just said. I thought of Badlands for some reason. It popped into my head. And and something about calling that Badlands album just Badlands makes me think of the fact that these guys all have a complicated past. You know, it's a little bit of a supergroup. It's a minor supergroup. So why complicate matters? You're already confused about the guys in the band. It's like, weren't you from... from 
this band weren't you from kiss and weren't you from here and there and whatever um ozzy's band um so that's kind of interesting uh you know i feel i feel like that uh that that applies to most super groups so you've got asia with the self-titled album you've got uk with a self-titled album um so yeah I, I thought that was kind of interesting um blue oyster cult is kind of a funny one so here i also find uh find this idea that you should lean or there's a predilection to lean towards calling your first album a self-titled if you have a long complicated band name as well so that's something to think about there as well um iron maiden um so so here's the funny thing with iron maiden it's it's almost like uh we've got a logo we've got a mascot we're a big new exciting band so there's another thing you're 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 trying to make a statement saying the band is super important that's all you need to know why complicate it with a with an album title so possibly there's something to that as well um but also, you know, with Iron Maiden, you kind of think you, you go down the way of, uh, of branding, right? And you think of, um, you know, let's really establish this Iron Maiden brand and let's not confuse anything because we're already confusing them with, uh, with a cartoon monster, right? So we've got that plus, plus a logo uh, and Iron Maiden plus this, this weird type style um, that we're using as well. You know, having said that, you know, it was, every time I think of Iron Maiden, I think of Marillion because I think of EMI and I think of kind of a mascot sort of thing. But, but Marillion's first album was called what? It was called Script from a Je Script of Script from a Jester's Tear or whatever, right? So, so they certainly didn't go with the self-titled uh, at that point either. So, um, so there you go. That's kind of your treatise on, um, you know, at your debut album and why you would call it a, a self-title. I, I had down here Max Webster, Angel, UFO, um, Kiss. I was actually going to do do Kiss. You know, see, that's another one to me that, that feels a little bit like we're already hitting you with a lot of information. Look at these guys in makeup. Let's not let's not get too fancy here. Let's just establish the brand. Four letters. Kiss. That's it. Boom. Kiss. Here's a picture of them. Let's not get too busy. Uh, all right, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's betterhelp.com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's move on to our next selection. This is Genesis with Silver Rainbow.
Okay, so the category here is a reset. Um, that weird situation where um, a band uh, brings us their self-titled album way deep into their career somewhere. It's like, oh, we've never, you know, why are they doing it? Is it because we've never done this before? It's kind of cheeky. It's interesting. But essentially, um, you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't have a self-titled for their first album, but you're you're arriving at this juncture somewhere and all of a sudden you see a self-titled album. So Genesis, Genesis, this is the one famously with the, with the little plastic shapes uh, on the cover. Um, this is where they get really synthesizer-y, you know, building upon, uh, you know, Duke and Abacab uh, as, as sort of a lead up. Um, but so why are they doing it? So so uh, is it a, a statement of, uh, of a, a new uh, sort of phase of the band? Are we saying this is our first album of the rest of our lives? Um, is it saying this is who we are? Um, is, it, is it sort of saying we believe in this music so much that we're about to deliver to you? Irrespective of whether it's who we are or if it's the start of a new phase, but but we feel so strongly about this music that is that it is quote unquote the definitive version of the band. I mean, it could be something like that as well. Um, but you know, maybe maybe it also uh, comes from you know part of the wrapped up in this whole thing is this idea of laziness. Um, is the is the management chaotic? Is the band chaotic? Are they not speaking to each other? Is there not a good um, design department at the label? Does nobody at the label care? Did everybody forget that we have to come up with an album title? Did we have a hard time coming up with an album title? Did we have a hard time coming up with an album title that we all agreed on? So there's all these other different reasons this can happen as well. But yeah, so this is the reset category, and and in this we also have Kings X. They they came out with a self title album you know which came you know the, their first album was called uh, out of the silent planet and the king's x album is no real reset in any way it's it just feels like uh, you know gretchen and faith love hope or whatever it's called i always get you know the, the order of those words wrong but it, it doesn't sound particularly different um but here they are king's x uh queen's is an interesting situation so you know, Queensryche had technically a self-titled, but it was the the uh, original EP, so it wasn't their album. Their first album was called The Warning, but later on they had a, an album just called Queensryche, and uh, and obviously there's the whole hubbub between the two different Queensrykes and the problems with Jeff Tate, um, and uh, and and you know dealing with uh, who owns the name, who can call themselves this. You know, Jeff Tate eventually becomes Operation Mindcrime. But yeah, so Queensryche has a really interesting situation here. Fleetwood Mac, is this is this a total reset? Because in a way, you know, Fleetwood Mac and, and Rumors, I mean, Fleetwood Mac up in 1975, this is a whole different band than the old blues band. Um, so are we saying this really is a new band, um, you know, irrespective again of, of whether this is what we're going to sound like moving forward. But, and, and also what's kind of interesting about that Fleetwood Mac self-titled is, is it, it's got a really kind of similar cover art to, to Rumors uh, that came later, I think 77, uh, massive, massive album. They were both massive albums, but uh, so that's kind of a reset. Uh, Alice in Chains is kind of a funny one. Um, you know, uh, where was the band just so spent and so, uh, you know, oh, we can't even come up with the title. This is terrible. We got all this drug addiction, all this. And uh, and an interesting point that Mick Phelan brings up is, is like, here again, um, you know, you could call this album Alice in Chains, but a lot of people call it Three-Legged Dog because it's got this strong, pretty sad-looking um, 
image on the front cover of a, of a dog missing a leg, right? Uh, this this grainy photograph, right? Um, so, you know, you look at that and, and when people kind of learn the album a little more, they, they think Three-Legged Dog before they think Alice in Chains um, because, of course, their first album was called Facelift and then Dirt, right? Um, Crowbar, I noticed, had a later, um, later self-titled album. Rat is an interesting one. So Rat had uh, a... a, a pretty long EP a good good EP uh, that was that was called rat but their debut albums called um, out, out of the cellar um, and then later on when they uh, when there was that sort of uh, that that weird little John Kalodner uh, let's get these people back onto portrait Sony uh, there was great white I think Cinderella had one of these as well but but rat had one and uh, and it was just called rat so so rat had a full-length album way deep into their career just called rat um, Motley Crue is an interesting one because their debut album was called Too Fast for Love, kind of a stupid title. Um, but later on, uh, you know, when they were kind of uh, having to reestablish themselves with John Karabi, they got a new singer. Um, so they just figured maybe that's too much confusion. Let's just call this album Motley Crue. So they came out with this bold statement. Here we go. The one and only, you know, they didn't know it was going to be the one and only, but but it is the one and only album with John Krabi. We're just going to call that Motley Crue. Um, so there you go. There's there's a few of those. Um, you know, Mick Phelan also reminded me there was the Heart album from 1985. Uh, is that a particular reset? Well, I mean, they are moving on to a new label. I don't think the sound changed particularly from Passionworks, except I love Passionworks and I hate her heart. Uh, but uh, but essentially, it's it's you know there's someone in the same wheelhouse as albums. You know, White Snake is an interesting one because White Snake has an album that's uh, you know some people it, it's in some places it's called 1987 and in some people it's called White Snake. But is it really called 1987 or is it just saying White Snake 1987? Because doesn't uh, what is it? Doesn't uh, Hot in the Shade is it hot in the shade? Kiss uh, it says Kiss eighty nine hot in the shade or something like that. Um, so yeah, kind of funny. Um, but uh, but again, with White Snake, um, you could say that um, huge bold statement, change in personnel, really big beefing up of the sound. Maybe the label John Kalodner really believes this is going to be a huge album for them. It was already looking like you know they were going to be a pretty big success. So boom, big statement. You know, White Snake, White Snake. Um, so you've got that album. He had a really confusing history, if you think about it, because you've got um, uh, David Coverdale's White Snake, two words. You've got North Winds from David Coverdale. Then you've got this weird EP into an album situation, but it was called David Coverdale's uh, Snake Bite. Um, yeah, there was an apostrophe, I think, on that first one. Essentially, essentially Trouble... Is, is kind of the first album in a way like it's it's kind of a big mess uh, for those guys so there's another reason uh you know maybe you didn't really you know uh spend your currency on on particularly doing the self-titled thing particularly well before and and it's still an open card for you to do um and it does it does bring a sort of excitement doesn't it i guess we didn't really mention that i mean it does it does kind of feel that way as as well um okay so let's move on uh that was track number three take a listen to this uh this is our fourth track this is van halen with light up the sky Oh, 
All right, so here we've got sort of um, self-titled because this is almost like not titling albums. This is kind of the theme here. We've got Van Halen 2. We've got Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin to begin begin their career. But then we've got Led Zeppelin 2, Led Zeppelin 3. Then Led Zeppelin comes out with an untitled album sort of thing. So again, I I bring this up to to say, is this... um, is this laziness? Uh, is it is is Van Halen calling an album two mirroring Led Zeppelin two, saying we're the next Led Zeppelin, which they kind of were? Um, so are are they saying that um, the music is what matters? You just need to know this is our second album um, because what's inside is way more important than us giving you a, a flashy or distracting title to this thing. But then again, Van Halen didn't keep it up with a three and a four and all that. So, uh, And I just wanted to mention another couple funny ones in here. Um, I don't know if this is even a category, but you've got Yes, and then they move on to Time time and a Word, and then they move on to the Yes album. Kind of interesting. Uh, and then ZZ Top. What is their first album called? It's actually called ZZ Top Apostrophe S First Album. And that's another one. You, you never know how to type that. Uh, do you call it First Album when you're talking about it? Or do you call it ZZ Top's First Album when you're talking about it? Sometimes these things, as soon as you introduce that apostrophe, you don't know if it's part of the title or not. Pretty weird. Um, okay, let's move on to our fourth selection. Uh, fifth selection, sorry. Take a listen to this. This is Peter Gabriel with Not One of Us. Okay, so this category is subtly, subtly, subtly moving into this idea of the untitled album. When is an artist sort of thinking, no, it's not a self-titled album, it's an untitled album. And Peter Gabriel is is wont to talk about this sort of thing because he famously had uh, this this Rain or Car album. So again, you're you're calling the albums by what's on the graphic. Um, He had had another solo album called Scratch. Um, which is him scratching, you know, his hand going down, scratching the album cover off, and it's kind of white underneath, right? Um, and then this song that we just played is is from my favorite of all of these, the third one, uh, which we call Melt, because on the cover he's got a picture of his, his face sort of melting on it. So, um, you know, is it is it a little bit, um, you know, can we talk a little bit of the idea about many, many, many artists, you know, visual artists, painters, uh, don't title their works. Um, and why are they doing that? Does it feel pretentious to title it? Are they? Do they feel like they're steering the um, the viewer too much if they title it? Um, so they just leave it untitled. Something about visual art makes a lot of these guys not title their stuff, or they or they just give it. You know, well, frankly, like our our fourth category, they they give them, uh, you know. Uh, uh, titles like um, you know version version two or number two or whatever or they'll or they'll say you know dog and butterfly number two number three number four um, so 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 they try to I, again I guess the idea is is trying to not have this distracting area of meaning which is the title so yeah Peter Gabriel famously has these three untitled albums and then what does he do for the fourth one um, you know there's this famous idea of uh, of it's got a title when you buy it from the store, but when you take the shrink wrap off, it doesn't have a title anymore. So the idea uh, with with this is that this album is uh, is called Security, the fourth one, but 
it really isn't in a way. It's it's kind of like another self-titled in a way. Um, and that reminds me a little bit of that weird Sammy Hager album, right? So Sammy Hager's got his first album's called Nine on a Ten Scale. His second album is called Sammy Hager. But way up into the solo career, this is this, yeah, this is after he's in Van Halen, right? He's got this album that's called Sammy Hager, but some people call it I Never Said Goodbye. So so is it called that or is it called Sammy Hager? I even looked on Discogs and I actually could never not even find a, I, I never I never said goodbye or whatever anywhere on it. I, I just I, I remember seeing I was seeing the, the label and just said Sammy Hager. So he technically has these these two called Sammy, I guess two called Sammy Hager. So so there you go. That is our sort of an, our untitled category. Some honorable mention categories that I almost got up to was, uh, boy, there, there are bands out there that you wish, you know, what would their self-titled have, have sounded like? Wouldn't that be cool? And, and I thought of Judas Priest, ACDC, Anthrax, Megadeth, none of these, you know, why didn't any of these uh, these thrash bands followed Megadeth's lead? Um, seeing how that record went diamond, why is there not a Megadeth self-titled album or a Slayer self-titled album? King Crimson doesn't have a self-titled album. Kate Bush, and I thought of Kate Bush, and I thought, but it's not as cool when it's actually your person, you know, you, you know, your your Christian name, right? Uh, it's 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 a kind of a cooler debate when it's a band name. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, there's also, you know, we could have talked about. Um, all those album covers that don't have any words on the cover but do have a title it's kind of interesting um and then you know we could have a debate about what are the greatest self-titled albums of all time and you know most of those would probably be debut albums but yeah it might be interesting to to talk about one day uh, what are some of the greatest self-titled albums from later in a band's career i.e your your metallica metallica um, so there you go. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Actually, I wanted to mention this as well. I thought this was kind of funny, but um, Mick, Mick Phelan brought up the fact that uh, Mott the Hoople had an album called Mott, and then they had another album called The Hoople, which was kind of interesting. So they, so they, spread, they spread their self-titled album over the course of two albums. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, so yeah, he, he mentions just some other things. I'll just read a bit here. I, I, this is a long episode. I don't want to keep going on, but he says self-titles are probably always best as they are, as they are early bands that are hungry. Does success kill, uh, kill true creativity? Do bands in rock mainly create their best work earlier? Or does it take a while? I'd say it's usually the latter. There's so many beautiful debut self-titles. Then you get the ballsiness of Kate Bush who called her first album, the kick inside. Uh, and then do you listener from, uh, I am, I guess, talking about here kind of like uh let's see baroness are all self-titled because they are colors which surely they'll abandon soon chicago you mentioned chicago this fits into our quality uh, you know our our side thing about the numbering of albums and you know almost every chicago album is just numbered um so yeah a lot, lot of ways to look at this if you liked this show and want to support future episodes please go to kofi rhymes with uh nofee.com slash martin popoff hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint i'm actually doing this uh, episode just uh, the day after the previous one uh, went because I was kind of so excited to do this one so the list is very uh, very short um, these are this tells you who got in super early um, because uh, like I say it's, it's actually Wednesday I usually do these up on a weekend but uh, four brave souls here uh, Lori Ferdinand's Augustine Garcia de Paredes Steve Polari and Brian Sager <laughs>
you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. Again, uh, the big one in is the big, lush, gorgeous David Bowie book. Nicest book I've ever done. Um, but I've got that. It's kind of expensive in the States, 86 bucks shipping included in Canada, 99 uh, Canadian shipping included. And the Angel book is back in stock. Uh, there you go. Hope you liked this episode. Um, join us on the Pretty Thriving Facebook page and uh, let us know... Um, other reasons or other self-titles um, you want to talk about or bring up or indeed if you know any actual you know direct motivations of uh, of what maybe what record label people think what managers think of of self-titled albums and uh and we shall discuss talk to you later find all of our shows notes social and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.